That one goes back to like maybe eighth or ninth grade for me. Pretty sure my mom uh, took that CD away and threw it in the trash. Ghetto Boys. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Kicking things off for us on uh, this episode of Campfire Conversations. This time we are joined by our friend Ben Cassidy, Director of Government and Legal Affairs over at Safari Club International. Uh, unlike a lot of conservation organizations, they actually have a presence, an office in D.C. That's where Ben is fighting for our rights, right there on the front lines, day in and day out. Uh, so I'm a big fan of, of their effort in D.C. Um, oh, just this week, I mean, they they got involved with the uh, California lawsuits on, on wolf hunting, which uh, they're trying to, which there are no gray wolves in that area of California. Uh, but nonetheless, they are trying to file suit to make sure that the uh, gray wolves are relisted on the uh, endangered species list. But SCI there to thwart that effort. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that among many other things with Ben here. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, Ben, welcome back to the show, man. Cable, likewise, as always, appreciate it. So uh, I'm looking at, move your head just a little bit. I'm trying to see this bad boy here. It looks like a red deer. This is one of our CEO Laird's. It looks like a oh. red stag. Yeah, no, it's a, it's in it. Check the tag. What does it say there? You nailed it. Red stag. Yeah. That's a nice one. So not yours though. Laird shot that one. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm in the office today. So oh, okay. I'm in a nice corner. Yeah, oh, right on, right on. Uh, well, we get, we've got a lot to get into today, um, starting with, and we were just talking about this off the air, but uh, Britt Longoria, very involved with SCI. Her dad was as well. Oh, yeah. Um, she had a great Instagram page, and her messaging was pretty clear. It, was, um, it wasn't glorifying the kill, and it wasn't, it was really educational. It was on travel and some, you know, a lot of stuff on indigenous culture. Um, but at the end of the day, a woman holding a dead animal, I guess, just gets reported too much. She had like almost 50,000 followers and uh, under the cover of darkness, she woke up and her page had been disabled, just gone. No explanation. Yeah. yeah I mean, I always look forward to all of her posts. I mean, super strong account with great thoughtful content, you know, that just was much more than, you know, just gripping grin photos. Right. I mean, it really did tell an awesome positive narrative about experience in the world and getting out and traveling and being close to the earth. Um, and yeah, like we were talking about before we hopped on just to have an account like that, just pulled down dark at night without any explanations other than, you know, that big brother message of, you know, you are no longer, <laughs> um, yeah. it's not really, not, not very settling, uh, to see things play out that way and no, still I mean, not really seeing answers. A horrible precedent for the rest of the hunting community because hers out of all the pages, that uh that i follow and certainly my page hers is way less offensive like uh, if you're it, my page doesn't offend you um but to the non-hunter yeah you might once in a while see a little bit of blood like 
here's what the effects of but educational you know like this is what a broadhead did to this animal you know this is how you know this this tool works yep uh, which i think is educational but it's still bloody and uh sure. And while I don't glorify the kill, um, I certainly am not afraid to put political stuff on there. Uh, and she didn't even do that. So to see her page get squashed was ugh, it makes me pretty nervous for the rest of us. Yeah, we made sure to get it up on our account, you know, just to show like what had happened and let people know out of awareness. You know, also she's part of the family and, you know, Papa Joe and everything, everything he's ever did done for us. Um, we just wanted to sound that alarm, you know, let other people see you know, where things are headed, you know, people talk about cancel culture and just looking at real examples of it that are out there um, and still not getting answers. So, yeah, no, there's no accountability from, from Instagram or Facebook. You, you know, I've had my Facebook page disabled multiple times and, and they'll say you, you've got a three day ban. Recently, last week I was doing a, a firearm giveaway. And next thing you know, I'm locked out of my page for three days. And they, they were saying I was selling a gun, which I wasn't. I was giving it away. Uh, so it didn't violate their rules as they were written, but they're free to interpret them how they want and make sure. it up as they go. So They're the bosses. That's, that's brutal. Yeah. And, so did and that get sorted out? They, so they uh, let yeah, you back it, on. They yeah. let me back on. Uh, but, you know, there's been times where it said a three-day ban and, you know, 40 days later, I'm still trying to get my account back. So I don't know. But this wasn't that. That's the weird thing about Instagram is no, no ban, no, no, nothing. Just deleted account. Yep. See ya. It's uh, crazy, crazy. Um, well, stuff uh, that's that's kind of at the forefront of what we want to get into as far as uh, your position and, and um, legal affairs, uh, possibly affecting the uh, hunting and conservation community. Let's start with the thirty. Well, well, it's not thirty four thirty. That's like an ESPN deal, but thirty thirty. Uh, thirty by thirty. Thirty x thirty. Yeah. yeah, there's so many. Like, and it used to be like if you were a baseball player and you hit thirty home runs and stole thirty bases, like that was pretty cool too. Right. And then Jose Canseco took a, a couple gallons full of steroids, and then he did a forty forty forty. Yeah. <laughs> but Next anyway, level. what is what is thirty thirty pertaining to us as a hunting and conservation? Well, that is the million dollar question, right? We're all saying, what is this 30 by 30? But just historically, so there's a convention for biological diversity or CBD um, out of Europe. They had their, you know, their big conference and they laid out a goal for the whole global community to commit to conserving 30% of our land and water by the year 2030. Okay. Uh, when Biden came into office, he signed a slew of executive orders. You know, he was busy the first week basically just doing that um and one of them was on climate change so and, many yeah so many so <laughs> many. and uh one of them was on climate change and had a big section in it on america committing to that goal set out where we would conserve 30 percent of our land and water by the year 2030. um sounds great in principle um you know who doesn't want to have wild places wild things um but for us as sportsmen we've seen it go the wrong direction before um there was before it was cool to be 30 by 30, California uh, passed their own 30 by 30 bill that didn't consult whatsoever with the sportsman's community. 
She's like, wait a minute, you know, what about all this land that we manage, you know, actively, you know, state refuges, national wildlife refuges. Uh, does, does that not count towards toward your goals? Why weren't we consulted with? We are the original conservationists. You know, not only should we have a table seat at the table, but we should have a big stake at the table. And we're paying so, for all the stuff that you're talking about with our, without our input. Absolutely. Exactly. So we've got the same concerns, you know, with the White House and the EO, obviously. Um, is it aspirational? Are you actually trying to do something? Are you going to listen to stakeholders? Um, and basically, it's that baseline definition. They say conserve 30%, right? What's conserve mean to you? You know, for us, it's managing the land, right? It's that North American model. Conservation. Conservation, right. exactly. It's right there. For others, yeah. they'll do it in a John Muir style of preservation of lock it up, you know, like yeah. don't, don't let man on this land. So we're trying to get to the bottom of it. You know, part of the executive order was a report will be done by Department of Interior and Department of Agriculture. And that report came due last week on the 27th. Um, but nobody's seen it other than like the high level bureaucrats. So mm. call it, you know, Biden's best kept secret. We're just trying to. Wait, why to is no one allowed to see this thing? Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. But I mean, let's, let's, let's ask folks, uh, you know, to start calling over to the White House to ask why. He's got a pretty good uh, track record of keeping things, keeping things from us. Like uh, no one's allowed to go to the border, right? Right. Like, like oh, why is that? Oh, because yeah. <laughs> it's a colossal mess that you've created down there. Nothing to uh, see here. Right. I mean, we, we want to see it. My my suspicions are that there aren't actual details to it still. They still have it as aspirational. I have no idea uh, what the plan actually is. So. But, yeah, and that was the thing um, that SCI and a lot of uh, lawmakers tried to get the new Secretary of the Interior, Deb Howland, to commit to was no net loss, right? Yep, absolutely. But she, she wouldn't do it. Like, and then you see, boom, like two weeks into her appointment uh, or confirmation, this whole Alaska mess where they're trying to ban hunting. Well, they, they, they do it with the caveat of saying, no, 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 we're not closing we're not closing it to hunting. You just can't hunt moose or caribou in September and August. Well, that's when you hunt moose and caribou. So right. yes, you are closing that's it. Absolute closure. Yeah. And this is a this is a landmass the size of the state of Georgia. It's forty three million acres. We did a detailed interview. I was telling you with uh, Lewis Cusack, the SCI Alaska chapter president. He yep. hunts in one of those units. He hunts caribou there. He's an Alaskan resident, and he would be prohibited from hunting caribou there. Yeah, it doesn't matter how they want to spin it about it not really being a shutdown. I mean, hunters know it, you know, mm -hmm. so Deb Holland's confirmation, we got out there messaging out on it, right? We had that question out there. We said, will you commit to a no net loss policy for hunting and fishing access on public lands? We talked about it with Senator Daines from Montana. He asked her in person during the hearing. She wouldn't answer it. Right. Very, very simple question. It's not even hard to, to commit to it, or at least let us know where you stand on it. Um, she wouldn't do it. So our members followed up with a huge campaign, thousands of emails, all their senators get a response, still wouldn't commit to it. So I hate to be like the, Hey, hate to tell it, say, you know, hate to tell you that I told you so. Um, but sure enough, the Alaska issue happened and just, a just any hunter out there, they get the issue. I mean, like we put up a petition and got, you know, over 2000 folks to within 48 hours sign on to it saying commit to no net loss. Um, we, we testified during the public hearing in Alaska. 
obviously in favor of keeping it open. Um, and it was 25 to one pro pro access. Um, so we're waiting to see how it comes back, but just gross overreach and happen really quickly, you know, and just mm. expect to see more of it unless we keep on shouting. Yeah. Well, Every turn of this, we're going to see these public comment opportunities and opportunities for, you know, folks to speak up, you know, our yeah. petition's still open because we're going to keep seeing it happen. So if folks want to get on board and be heard, you know, it's text access to 73075. Um, that gets you right on the petition. Okay. Uh, and just some stats uh, about the Alaska thing. People are like, well, why do we need to go in there and hunt uh, caribou and moose, whatever. The caribou herd, 244,000 animals. Their science, scientists say if it's over 200,000, we're doing great. So, and here's the real catch is subsistence hunters the native folks there uh are killing between 10 and 14,000 a year the only time they can't they can hunt year round the only time they can't hunt is during uh calving season so when the uh cows have the calves they're not supposed to hunt they can kill bulls they can kill cows and they can kill even you know young fawns calves i mean calves uh, if they want to so they're killing that many the real number to focus on is the fact that the hunters who actually will pay to fly in there, it's expensive to get back in there. Uh, it's very remote. It's 350 animals, all bulls. They're, on, they're only allowed to kill bulls. That's just 350 a year out of 244,000. And they're Sorry. saying that the, the, those flights are interrupting the migration, which is just total BS. Right. It's made up science. There's not even science. It's just a bad talking point. Right, right. <laughs> So that just there's there's the scientific uh, hardcore number, you know, the data right there for you. Uh, yeah, so. well, it was it was cool at least to see the whole community rally and see it and just nationally, you know, start to speak up on it. Is it took a lot of organizations too long to speak out, in my opinion. Like I'm sitting here waiting, waiting, waiting. All these organizations that backed her appointment, which we knew was yeah. questionable, but you know, they're championing her like like she's a great choice in in our opinion. Uh, mine and SCI. She wasn't and isn't. Well, I will say that I love when when the when when just the community forces some folks to have to, to actually stand up for, for hunters. You know, right. I don't like what right. got them there and they had to be dragged out there. They didn't want to say anything bad about um, Deb Holland or about Interior, but they were forced to do it. Yeah. yeah. And even after they did, they still kept getting crapped on by everybody. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, deservedly so. Uh, right. What about? What about trophy bands? And I'm going to put a little a little backstory here. Uh, I'm going back to Africa in July, and the thought awesome. of shooting a giraffe never really crossed my mind. I, I, number one, where am I going to put it? Right. Uh, you know, I'm running out of room in the trophy room. Where am I going to put a damn giraffe? I don't know. Uh, number two, um, I just, it didn't, it wasn't really something, you know, I always thought they were cool, but it wasn't something like, oh, I'm not going to shoot it because they're big and pretty. I just didn't have the desire. And then two things happened. Number one, my kids were like, dad, you've gone, this will be your fifth trip to Africa. Why don't you shoot a giraffe? I was like, y'all really want me to shoot a giraffe? Yeah, dad, we want you to shoot a giraffe. Okay. So Do then it. I'm like, okay, all right. All right. Then number two, they're trying to tell us right now today that they're going to put giraffe into, the, they're going to make it the big six. And it's no longer going to be the big five. It's going to be the big six. Giraffe's going to be in there. And then we're going to start seeing all these giraffe importation bands. And it's like, now you're telling me I can't do it? Well, by God, I'm going to do it then. Yep, then I'm coming. 
Yeah. Yeah. The CITES, you know, the, the international convention um, on species trade, it was, uh, it was added onto their appendix this last meeting in 2019. So it's trending that way. Yeah. But yeah, you see all these. Because there was no there. meeting in 2020. No meeting in 2020. They just had a standing committee meeting today, tomorrow, and the next day. So they're, they're starting to come back together virtually, but they just totally kiboshed last year. Yeah. Um, hopefully they're back in person in Geneva in the fall, but we'll see. So the thing about giraffe is that it's not endangered. You know, it's like, um, yep. I always use this example. Uh, the Florida panther is endangered in Florida. Mountain lions are not endangered in Colorado or anywhere else throughout the West. Hell, we don't, we don't even have a, a – you don't even have to get a tag in Texas. We, we treat them like coyotes or bobcats, They're, and we, we have lots of them. Uh, so it's this false ideology that they try to proliferate and, and get people to believe that, well, giraffes are endangered in, I don't know, uh, let's just say Tanzania. So that means they're endangered across all of the African continent, which is just a load of crap. So, yeah, and not to jump all over the planet, but it makes me think of these wolf lawsuits, the three that were filed in the Northern District of California, where basically the injury that they're claiming is, you know, loss of wolf population. Well, the area where they're filed, there isn't a single wolf there. Hmm. So like, how is there any injury there? And that's our argument. And they tried to toss it out. They tried to have the court toss it out and the court upheld it. So we're the first and only, uh, of hunting group to, to successfully intervene in those three cases as of last week. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. excited there. <laughs> yeah. Be a fun fight. But, but I guess it's just the, the fact that giraffe are, are big and spotted and people are like, right. Oh, they're so pretty. There's yeah. the emotional. They're attached. also pretty tasty. I ate one, my buddy shot. So I've never had it. Oh yeah. Is it good? Oh yeah. It was delicious. I haven't ever eaten anything. In, short of a bobcat i haven't eaten anything that i was like man that's just gross so yeah right yeah, i mean it, it's meat and and giraffe steaks were awesome we had them in yeah. camp tonight my buddy shot his it was uh yeah it was awesome um yeah wolves have been in the uh in the news though um well all, they're always they always are always will be uh, yeah but we're, we're seeing at least like uh but is it all the Great Lake states? Uh, the Great Lake states now have the um, ability to have a season, or is, is that getting hung up in court? No, no, no. It was um, was it Wisconsin where they Wisconsin. had a season and they met the quota in like two or three days. Yeah, it was quick. I don't even know if it took two or three days. It may have been the first twenty-four hours that they were able to meet it. And like, that, that means you have too many wolves if they were that easy no to doubt. kill because they are not easy to kill. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, and I guess people had spent the last decade scouting, right? So they were, but that was, that was incredible because the wolf was delisted by the U S fish and wildlife service saying, return it to state management. And then Wisconsin was like, well, we're, we're going to wait till next season. It's like, no, the law says, you know, the season will be held now. There's still like a week left in the season. So they challenged in court and they got it together and they got their season and they hit their quota real quick. Yeah. I also saw something, uh, well, so I don't know that that's probably something that the antis will use as fodder is like, well, oh, they, they met their quota in three days, you know, blah, 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 which is a great thing, uh, conservation wise. But, um, have we seen any lawsuits come out of, you know, people trying to sue Wisconsin saying, you know, this is, uh, I haven't seen a Wisconsin specific suit, okay. um, that's progressed anywhere at this They'll point. They'll come. 
Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, the big firepower is behind these three lawsuits in um, California. Cause that's the lower 48. That's mm-hmm. the, the whole population other than the, the, um, desert wolf, right? The, uh, the Mexican wolf. Right. Okay. Uh, did you see the news release from Idaho fishing game? Yes. So they, so to their credit and, and, and I have talked to them at the, uh, previous, um, SCI shows and they will not go on the record and say they do this, but they'll tell you off the record that they fly helicopters and shoot wolves. They do it. Sure. They don't want it to be in the public eye. Um, but now they have come out this year, just last week and said, we have 1500 wolves. We're supposed to have 150. We're going to kill the other 90% or we're going to try to, which is like, wow, someone, a a wildlife division with some balls saying, listen, we're going to take our, we're going to take control of this thing. This is how, how many wolves the fed said we have to have. We have had that. And then 90% more going on decades uh, and we're going to put an end to it. Put it back down to where it needs to be. Yeah, I think yeah. It, I don't. I didn't see if the governor signed it yet, but it was on his desk to to get it done. I uh, I, I hope that they that he does do it. Yeah, some of yeah. it's just the messaging on it too. Like all the antis go nuts because it's like they're like you know Armageddon for for the wolf in Idaho, but it's getting them to back to their managed level. Yeah, and it's not. I don't think they're going to be able to go in there and kill uh you know that many wolves in in a season, and 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 they might not ultimately ever get it down to that number again but just to say hey this is what we're supposed to have and we're, we're going to at least make an effort to get there so yep rather than uh, tip, tiptoeing around it yeah rather than gerrymandering gerrymandering to the uh, anti-hunting uh, faction out there right um what about let's see one other note i have here alligators uh they were in a recent uh press release that you sent out uh, your bi-weekly release um what's going on there um louisiana gator i mean fighting you know alongside all of our our good friends and preventing a a a ban from from going in you know stateside uh a lot of it has to do with you know the commercial side of it would also you know obviously impact um sport hunting um so that's one of the um, one of those fights that we really get um involved in to team up with some of our our partners, you know, that aren't always necessarily right in the hunting world, but are fighting against the same, you know, opponents that want to see the same end result. So what is it, what try and what kind of stipulations are they trying to, to put in place there? Um, cross, I think, I think it'd be cross state lines, you know, so being able to just export, um, okay. you, you've seen it in California where it's a total shutdown there. I think California is like, so like at a gas station, when you see the alligator heads on the shelves, like that kind of stuff. Where you can buy the the little alligator. <laughs> yeah, bucks. I, I imagine that would probably be swept up in it. I think most of it's like the you know cowboy boots and Hermes bags. You know, okay. like some yeah. high end use of like the skin. So a lot of these are farmed anyway. So what does it matter? Like it's exactly. no different than farming. It's basically uh, just salmon kidding. or redfish or you you name whatever it is. People don't right. realize that unless it says wild caught at the grocery store, it's farm raised. Exactly. Yeah, they've figured out a way to farm raise just about everything. Yeah. So I think it's just, yeah. I mean, again, it's just an iconic species. It's giving the rights to the animals ahead of just what makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no threat to the population. 
Yeah. So in Texas, it's weird. I, I had a biologist on two years ago. We have more alligators right now today than at any time we've had since like the 1930s or something like that. I believe the population. It. I mean, gators are doing phenomenal and, uh, and, and there's going to be more uh, hunting opportunity because of it, because they're, you know, they're showing up hell, a duck hunting hole that I have. There's no stream anywhere near this place. Uh, three foot alligator shows up. We've never seen an alligator before. Where the hell did this thing come from? It had to have come during a flood or something. I, right. I don't know, but <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. They're popping up everywhere. Yeah. So uh, it's just, it's weird, but uh, no shortage of alligators. Let's not treat them like they're an endangered species. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I do love my gator boots. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm always looking at a pair. I don't have any yet. I shot the gator and then cool. sat on the hide for like, I had it tanned, this real beautiful chocolate, uh, the underbelly. And, uh, and I just kind of threw it in the closet. And I think I looked at how expensive boots were. And then I was just like, eh. And then I ran into a guy. He was like, hey, uh, my buddy makes boots and he'll, uh, he's looking for some advertising. And I was like, oh. Uh. Okay. So anyway, I got the boots. They're the most comfortable. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So plug for Knights Custom uh, boots there as well. Where's Knights Custom out of? Uh, Houston. Cool. Yeah. And now he's offering, well, he's partnered up with a, uh, uh, the guy that I hunted gators with. They do uh, early, it's cool. They do an early teal and gator combo hunt, uh, fin and foul outfitters on the Texas coast. So he's partnered up with them all in deal where you get your gator and then get the boots made. Uh, as part of the package right on so, yeah. our businessman right there yeah entrepreneur in and foul i like it yeah um okay so i don't really think i have anything else here on the list is there anything on the uh off the top of your head that you wanted to add to uh today's discussion um just one mention that we saw pop yesterday is there's um a proposed rule at a fish and wildlife service to open up two million acres of new hunting and fishing opportunity um, it's a comment period. So people have to write in and have their voice heard to make sure that the proposal becomes a reality. Um, I imagine based off of just what I see on online chatter so far that a lot of comments will be made from the other side. So mm -hmm. just, you know, want to appeal to hunters to really speak up and be on the lookout. We're going to have petition going. That'll make it easy to have your comments heard. So, um, nothing in Texas, but all over the country, some different spots, you know, that would have new seasons and additional days added on. So something that we want to be able to fight for over the next few days. And where can folks go to uh, like support that initiative? Well, how, how yeah. can folks support that? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would do again, text access to 73075. Okay. That'll get you plugged into our system and then we'll be able to just deliver it, you know, to, to hunters to okay. get their comments in. And then a uh, quick mention, the um, convention will be in person. Yes. Uh, what, January, January of. Yep. Uh, End of January, 2022 in Las Vegas. Yeah. So I'm excited to, uh, to get back. I can't wait. Are you going to, are you going to have a setup out like, uh, like, like on a uh, broadcast row or. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to uh, the powers that be about that. I'm not sure, but I'll, I mean, I'll be there with my recording stuff. So we'll see. You're going to Hell find yeah. the next adventure, right? <laughs> it's oh, not I'm a work gonna, trip. <laughs> it's both. It's both. Yeah. So you're in the I'm right. Sure yeah. So excited. It's our 50th anniversary. 
we're pulling out all the stops. I know over the next couple of months, we're going to be rolling out a lot of the different opportunities and the entertainment and everything that's going to be going on during it. But I'm pumped. I know everyone else I talked to has got that pent up, you know, energy from having missed the whole season. Oh, yeah. so I can't, I, I just can't wait. And that's, that's Las Vegas at Mandalay. And then we're going to hit up uh, Nashville for three years after that. So a lot right of fun. On. Yeah, and uh, for more info, you can just go to safariclub.org um, for a convention, like hotel blocks and all that good stuff. So, Yeah, I want to say we're running a promo, too. If you go to our Instagram, it's like the yesterday we posted on it, like a two, buy two, get get two sort of thing. Togo? Bogo? <laughs> Bogo. Bogo. I think I it's once, Togo. Uh, I, mean, I, did two, a, two. <laughs> I did a Bogo Axis deer hunt one time. Uh, but that's, uh, that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was getting a bongo. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that would have been, uh, here's my truck. <laughs> Cause I don't have $35,000 for your bongo. Uh, totally not. Yeah. But uh, all right. Well, Hey Ben, always a pleasure, man. I uh, look always. forward to the next conversation. Yep. Me too. Appreciate it. All right. Take it easy. You too. All right, there he goes, our good friend Ben Cassidy, jumping on from Washington, D.C., heading up uh, Safari Club International's Government and Legal Affairs team over there. And that's going to do it for this edition of Campfire Conversations. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith. Y'all have a good one.